Welcome to the Australian Hiker Podcast, Australia's longest running hiking podcast, downloaded over three quarters of a million times in 150 countries and providing you with an Australian perspective on all things hiking. We're your hosts, Tim and Jill Savage. In today's episode, episode 234, we talk with Yvonne Everett, author of the new released guidebook, Best Walks of the New South Wales Mid-North Coast. Before we get into today's episode, if you'd like to help support Australian Hiker and this podcast, there are a couple of ways that you can help us out. Firstly, by subscribing on your podcast host of choice so that each episode is available as soon as it's published. And if you have the opportunity, leave us a five-star review. Another way to support us is go to the Australian Hiker website at www.australianhiker.com.au and click on the supporters page and buy us a coffee. You can do a one-off donation or become a monthly supporter. All donations are greatly appreciated and help us to continue producing this podcast and blog. Now let's get on to today's episode. New South Wales mid-north coast is a bit of an unknown for us and we are hoping to get up that way over the next 12 months sometime and wanted to do a bit of pre-planning. This newly released guidebook by author Yvonne Everett is just the ticket, providing an overview of some of the great hiking options in this region. In today's episode, we catch up with Yvonne and talk with her about hiking on the mid-north New South Wales coast and her new guidebook. Yvonne, thank you for taking your time to talk with Australian Hiker. Thanks for having me, Tim. So before we talk about your guidebook, give us a brief introduction to yourself, your general background and your hiking resume. Oh, I love to walk. I've been hiking all my life. I'm a great believer that there's no problem that can't be solved by going for a good walk outside. Um, My hiking career probably started when I was a kid growing up in South Africa. I had um, cheapskate parents. They didn't have a lot of money. I hope they don't listen to this. So they took us camping and hiking a lot. And my first big day walk was up the Drakensberg, which are over 3,000 metres high. So it was quite a big walk to take quite a young kid on. And then my dad took me on a four-day walk on the Otter Trail, which is on the, the eastern coast of South Africa. I was 12 at the time. I had Dunlop volleys. I had cut-off jeans, a floppy hat, <laughs> and a red canvas backpack. I'm sure you can picture me. I thought I was very cool. Um, and my dad... I think he used to get tired because every time he needed to catch his breath, he would sit down and get out the map and point out some features and ask us kids to find them on the map. And you could always tell how tired he was because the more tired he was, the more trivia questions we got about the map. <laughs> so I learned I learned to navigate very, very early. And another funny story is that I went hiking for my honeymoon. Um, but Africa is different to Australia. Safety is always a concern there. So I thought four people would be better than two to go hiking in the mountains, so I invited my younger brother and his mate. And I don't think my husband was too impressed when he found out we were going to have company on our honeymoon. But we're still married today and we still hike together, so it all ended well. And generally, I think I've been very fortunate in life. I've hiked in Southern Africa, I've hiked in Australia, New Zealand, and internationally. So life is good when you walk. So... I'm not familiar with the uh, the New South Wales mid-north coast, but it is an area that I want to come up and do some more hiking in. What's so special about the mid-north coast and the hikes in that area? And, and I suppose uh, just to define this, what defines the mid-north coast? Um, the mid-north coast is an area that 
roughly runs from about Turee north, and then you get the northern rivers from about Clarence River upwards. That's the way the government defines it for, for their division into councils and LGAs and things. From a guidebook point of view, I did it from Port Macquarie up to the Clarence River because that suited me. Um, so the title might not align with whatever the government thinks the Mid-Nord Coast is, but but that, that was the area that suited me. It's a wonderful area to walk in. It's very, very biodiverse. The, the biological area we're in is called the macpherson Maclay overlap, and you get a mix of subtropical species from the north and temperate species from the south. And the elevations range from sea level all the way up to 1,500 metres on the New England Tablelands near Point Lookout. So there's there's quite a wide range of things happening. There's rainforest, eucalypt forests, there's sandstone heath, there's basalt, granite from volcanoes, there are wild rivers, there's escarpments, there's a demon fault. I just love the name of that, the demon fault. <laughs> there's prolific bird life, there's way too many snakes, there's whales, there's koalas, there's everything you could possibly want up here. There's also a, a marine park off the coast, which was the first marine park in New South Wales. And the longest stretch of protected coastland in New South Wales is in this area as well. That's Urugee National Park. And I might also just add that Coffs Coast is the first fully accredited eco-destination in New South Wales. So from a, from a biodiversity perspective, there is lots of goodness up here. There's also very rich cultural diversity and heritage and marvellous climate, of course. Okay. Now, is this your first book, or uh, and if so, what made, motivated you to do a guidebook? It is my first book, actually. I publish Coffs Trails, which is a website with self-guided bushwalking and adventure touring trails in it. It kind of started as a, a lockdown hobby back in 2020 when we just moved up to Coffs, Coffs Harbour after giving up on the corporate gig in Sydney. And I asked a local if there were any good walks in the area, and the local said to me, no, there's nothing up here. It's not Sydney, you know. And that was a bit of a challenge accepted moment for me. So when we were locked down, I just got out and I decided I'd see if I could find 20 walks. And publishing them on a website gave me a nice bit of motivation. I kind of felt that I had to find one a week. And then from Coffs Trails, that led to a discussion with Woods Lane about producing a guidebook for the region. The last walking guidebook for northeast New South Wales, this region, was published in the 1990s and things have changed a lot since then. Um, there's been highways being built, state forests have become national parks, there's new walks that have come into being, so it was definitely time for an update for a new book. And how did you find the uh, the process of writing a guidebook? I mean, it was a, it was a, a, a more of a uh, here's what one looks like and you, you just had to fill in the blanks or did, were, were, were you involved in the actual structure of the book itself? It's part of the Woodsland Walking Guide series, so so their their books are very structured. So I had to follow the structure of all the other books in the series, and that made it easy because I, I knew what structure I needed to follow. But I still need to do the research myself. I still had to go and find out all the local stories, and and find the walks and curate a, a collection of walks to put in the book. Um, and I try to tell readers something new, something interesting, something fun, not just regurgitate what's on the national parks' websites. So we try to add a little bit of a layer of culture and history and environment, but still leave some surprises for the walker to discover when they're out on the walk. I didn't want to give everything away. Okay. Now, how many walks have you covered in this guidebook and why did you choose those ones that you did? 
There are 40 walks. Um, the, the brief from the publisher was that they needed to be day walks. And I'm not very compliant. You'll notice if you had a look at the book that I sneaked in a couple of multi-day walks as well, simply because we have some fabulous multi-day walks. But the vast bulk of them are day walks. And it covers the area from Port Macquarie up to the Clarence Valley, which is quite a big area. So I needed to find a balance in the book between walks for families, adventurous peak climbs that 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 fit people might enjoy, coastal walks that tourists might enjoy, and, and waterfalls and lookouts because everyone loves a waterfall and a good view. So it's a bit of a mixture. Now, in looking through this book, the thing that really stood out to me was the variability of the walks. Uh, I, I've noticed there was there was things that almost looked like tropical rainforests. There was temperate bushland. There was coastal walks. There was escarpment. Can you um, expand on the previous question and provide a, a highlight of the couple of the walks you think that are worth raising? All right, let's start perhaps with Diamond Head, which is in Crowdy Bay National Park, just south of Port Macquarie. I'm a bit of a rock nerd and I just love pretty sparkly coloured rocks and there are heaps of them at Diamond Head. It's a volcanic area in origin. There's lava falls, flows. They're called rhyolite. They're lovely yellow colour. There's a natural arch as well, which you can have a look at. And then there's this thing called Lisa Gung, and I've no idea if I'm pronouncing that correct. They're rings and they're formed when when the colour leaches out. So you get the iron oxide leaching out and you get these red rings and white rings and they're so pretty. So Diamond Head is for, for all the rock nerds and the pretty pretty rock lovers out there. There's also gorgeous wildflowers. There's views in all direction, directions and a very interesting local history. Um, there's Kylie's Hut there. She was a famous author. I haven't read her books, so I can't really comment about that. I think Diamond Head is one of the very best coastal walks in New South Wales, and I'd really put that on your list when you come up here. How long uh, How long is Diamond Head? Oh, I think it's about six or seven Ks. I don't have the numbers with me, actually. Okay. Um, no, that's fine. That, yeah, so, uh, as you say, I, I suppose it, uh, it, it's interesting to be interesting to see what uh, – uh, what's defined as a day walk? I mean, I, I'm quite comfortable walking 25 kilometres in a day, but I think from from most hikers that that 10 to 15 kilometres is probably about the limit. So, you know, if seven kilometres is is certainly a hard walk, but it's it's certainly a very doable walk for a day. Yeah, when I did it, I actually did two walks. Um, there's a, a nearby headland as well, which is um, point perpendicular. And and that's also a similar length. It's also about six or seven kilometers. And we did both those two to give you a really good day out. Interestingly enough, this perpendicular point is a different geological phenomenon to Diamond Head, which is volcanic. So a little bit of geological history there as well and lots more wildflowers. Okay, so apart from, say, Diamond Head, what's what's your other favourite walk in the area? If we go inland all the way up to Guy Fox River National Park, I really like Lucifer's Thumb in the Scotman track up there. It's it's in the, the Guy Fox River National Park, and you walk out onto this little finger of land where, the, where it just drops away on all three sides and you really feel really exposed. It's not for those who suffer from fear of heights, I don't think. And there's a stunning view all across the wilderness there. Then you can wander off along there onto the Scarpman Track, which goes to a place called Fattening Paddock. And I just love the name Fattening Paddock, and I think it's the perfect spot for lunch, and you can have a little midday nap on the soft grass and the sunshine. So, so it's a very, very pretty place. There's a demon fault as well from Lucifer's Summer. You, could, you look down across the Guy Fox River, which is far below you, and 
It runs through the Demon Fault, which you can actually see on Satellite Images Australia. If you zoom out a bit on Google Earth, you can see this Demon Fault running north. It goes all the way from about Ebor up to the Queensland border. So Lucifer's thumb is peering out into the Demon Fault below you. It's not very widely known walk, so you're not going to meet anybody else up there. You're going to have the place all to yourself. It's just fantastic. Actually, I suppose that raises a question. Why, why, you know, from by the sound of it, it's a spectacular walk. Why don't you think it's um, it's as well known as it should be? Is is it just because of the location, or is there some other reason that people just don't seem to know about it? I think it's remote for a start. So, so that particular walk is about a fifteen kilometre circuit, so it'll take you the whole day. That one. To get there from Coffs Harbour is about a two-hour drive, so it's pretty remote even from the coast. And it's also not close to Brisbane and not close to Sydney. Okay. So it, that's also why it's probably not well known. <laughs> I think that's the thing with this section of the coast. As I said, I, I, you know, I'm hoping to get up there at some point, but it's one of those things where I tend to travel to major cities and do walks around them. And you know, if it's in the middle of a, a remote area or not close to a town or a city, as you say, it puts them a bit off people's radar. But in some respects, that's not a bad thing because – yeah, you know, with the coastal walks or the walks close to cities, you're never going to get a solitary walk. Yeah. You can actually walk the Guy Fawkes River National Park from Lucifer's Thumb. There's a fabulous wilderness walk that goes all the way down to a place called Newton Boyd on the old Grafton to Glen Inns Road, and that could take you a good four days to walk through there. I'm planning to walk that, but I'm just waiting for river levers to drop, and I seem to be waiting <laughs> yeah, no, for I know, what, I know what that's like. I've been trying to. There's a, there's a one walk I've been trying to do from uh, south of Sydney for about two years, and every time I even remotely d- decide to go up there, it pours with rain, and it's just not doable. Another season, <laughs> I, another season. Yeah, well, I keep on. I, I, I refuse to take it off my 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 list. I just keep on pushing it on and pushing it on. So, eventually, we're going to get some dry, dry weather, and hopefully, the things will, will come back again. So in relation to the guidebook, were there any any challenges for you putting it together? Actually, there were. One of them was I had to do 40 walks, and when I'd got to number 39 with one walk left to go, I broke my leg, which was rather embarrassing because I broke it washing the car, and I think we can conclude from that that hiking is much safer than household chores, so we'll stay away from household chores now. So I had to come up with a creative solution for my final walk, and I did it on a knee scooter with my crutches tucked under the arm just for the the steppy bits. But I'm not going to tell you which walk was done on the knee scooter. I'll let you have a look at the book (laughs) and see if you can work that one out. Perhaps there was another challenge as well is that photography is not my strongest point. Um, I'm not a photographer by trade. And my model isn't a model by trade either. My, my photographic model is usually my husband, Alan. And I had to tell him things like, please tuck in your shirt and take off your daggy hat and don't wear those dull khaki clothes. I want something brighter for the photo, please. But fortunately, he's very tolerant and he never complains about frequent stops for yet another photo. And he's got quite good at modeling now. Yeah, I think I'm I'm a bit like that. I uh, on, a, on a week long walk, I average taking 800 photos. So my, my wife's gotten used to that, and uh, I get the same thing. Usually, it's my wife in the photos, uh, but when she's taking photos of me, she always tells me to smile, which was, which which is not a natural state for me. Uh, and look this way, and look that way, and. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Now we get on. And then, that. and then he tells me, "I'm not looking that way. It's too bright." <laughs> 
who are the people that tend to do the walks in your area? Is it is it a, is it locals or is it travellers or is it a bit of a mix? Well, both, I hope. Maybe now's a good time to just acknowledge the first first walkers on this country: um, the Burpay, down near Port Macquarie, Dungati, Gumbangia, Bunjalung, and Yagel people, and they've been walking this country for a very long time, and we all just follow in their footsteps. I must admit, I, um, I, I'm glad you said that. There was no way I was going to remember that 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 larger group of people. Uh, we, our names down here are pretty pretty easy, so I'm glad you know the names up there. Where to next? Is there another guidebook on the list? I am actually working on another book. It'll also be published by Woodsland. It's for release in mid-2023. It's really interesting actually writing a guidebook because it forces you to go deep into the area and, and research and trawl over maps and things, and you get a much deeper understanding of the landscape. So I've been enjoying that, but you'll have to wait until next year to find out more about it. Well, that's always good. That's always good to hear. So one final question. Where's your next big hiking adventure? Oh, down the Guy Fox River would be something I'd love to do. Um, I'd also like to go down the Maclay River system and the Oxley Wild Rivers. There's there's quite a lot of fun you can have down some of those gorges. It's it's quite rough. It's not nearly as as defined as say for example a well known walk where it's all mapped and there's tracks. You have to do your own research and make your own route. And I love doing that. So I think I'll head down the Maclay River and the Guy Fox River catchments. Okay. Could I add one more thing for the yep. interview as well? Yep. If your listeners are interested in buying the book, they can get it with the discount code. And the discount code is COFS15, and it's a 15% off, and there's a link on my website, coughstrails.com. All right. Well, we'll put, we'll put a link to your website on the show notes. So if anyone's interested in that, uh, go to the link, and it's a good opportunity to get a very good guidebook at a discounted price. So we've been talking with Yvonne Everett on her recently released guidebook, Best Walks of New South Wales Mid-North Coast. Thanks for taking the time to chat with us. Thanks for having me, Tim, and I hope to see you and your listeners soon coming up here to explore uncrowded, beautiful and very exciting hiking trails. So that was our interview with author of a newly released guidebook, Best Walks of the New South Wales Mid-North Coast. As I mentioned at the start of this uh, interview, this is an area of the coastline that I'm very unfamiliar with. Uh, typically, I'm only going past this area on the way up to Brisbane if we're driving. Um, it's rare that I'll ever stop there for any particular reason. Well, it's rare that we drive up through there. Yeah, yeah. These, these days it is. And and, and certainly if we if we are driving to Brisbane, we we tend to do it as, as a, as a one, one big hit. We tend not to stop off. So um, I think for me, it's an area of the coast that's always had a bit of an interest to me. And certainly from my perspective, the thing that I really did notice in looking through all these uh, walks that were listed in this guidebook is the variety there, there really is a range of coastal walks, things that almost look tropical, uh, eucalyptus forests, uh, you know, big rock areas with, with you know, deep sort of valleys and gullies. So I think it's an area you could quite comfortably uh, go to and you know, Yvonne's reviewed 40 uh, hikes and certainly that could, could keep you busy for a, for a fair amount of time. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And 
You know, I think that's the other thing about um, this 40 hikes in that one area is quite impressive. Um, and, yeah, you, you, you could make a holiday out of it. And, and certainly from my perspective, that's one of the things I've been thinking about doing over the next couple of years is is driving to an area and doing a number of shorter hikes over a, a sort of five to, to seven days sort of period. And, and this is where a guidebook like this one is quite handy because it groups the walks in a number of different ways. Certainly at the front of the book, there's a, a quick key to see what's there and they colour code them based on the area. So, you know, this is... Uh, from the bottom of this area to the top of this area is roughly about 200 kilometres. And certainly you're not going to do, you're not going to travel from one end to the other in a single day. But what it does mean is if, if you're in a particular area, you think, okay, well, here's, here's a batch of hikes that are all within this, this area and close by. Uh, I'm planning on being here for a couple of days. Which walks do I want to do before you move on to the next area or move further up the coastline? And I think the other thing is, you know, with that kind of 200 kilometre um, distance, there's a lot of variety as well. So, you know, we were talking earlier about the different kinds of landscapes that you can uh, wander through. As a generalisation, I've, I've become a big fan of the uh, the Woods Lane Press uh, hiking series. Uh, I think they're, they're well set out. Um, it is a bit formulaic. They tend to, if, if you've Got a few of these books. You, you do tend to recognise them. They all look very similar. That's not a bad thing, though. I mean, I do like a good guidebook, and so this one and the way it's set out, I think you know it. It it it's a nice format and it works. It is, and I think I think they've run, done a really good job of that. So, as I said, you can look at the walks all as a quick summary at, at the start of the book, and then you can go into more in detail with each of the walks having at least three pages on them. Uh, and certainly some of the, the more impressive walks have got uh, sort of four, five and six pages donated over to them. So it's, it's a well thought out book. And I think uh, Yvonne's done a really good job uh, for an area which for many hikers, and as she mentioned during the interview, because it's no, there's no major capital city nearby, you know, and, and we're guilty of this, we tend to go to Sydney, we tend to go to Newcastle, we tend to go to Brisbane because we're visiting family. So that's where our walks tend to be concentrated. And I think, as I said, you know, if, you, if you've got a bit more time and you're driving past that area, it's worthwhile spending some time doing the, the odd hike on the, on the way past. Now, as Yvonne mentioned in this interview, um, if you want to buy the book directly from her, uh, the details are in the show notes and you can go to her website and get a 15% discount. So it's a good opportunity to get a very good guidebook for a very good price. We've also done a review of the guidebook showing some images and showing some of the walks. So again, if you go to the link in the show notes, uh, there'll be the link to the uh, guidebook itself and that way you can sort of see uh, what's included in the book and, and what's available. Okay, we hope you've enjoyed this uh, interview with Yvonne Everett, uh, author of uh, the newly released guidebook, Best Walks of New South Wales Mid-North Coast. We hope you've enjoyed. That's all for me. Bye for now. And bye from me. Bye from me.